This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunst along with Cindy Jennings, my co-host. We are coming to you from the beautiful Diocese of Duluth. We're at the St. James Campus of Stella Maris Academy. Lots of kids walking around here, and we are in the gathering space. And so so here's the deal. So it's like, you know, I mean, when we were on the break just now, we were talking a little bit about how, you know, Cindy's kind of like my sidekick. She's my co-host. And <laughs> and uh, right now we're going to switch things around right now. So the, we have a topic of the baptism of the Lord, which is the last day of the Christmas season and a very important feast day in the uh, church's liturgical year. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to kind of change things up here on Real Presence Live, at least the Duluth edition. And Cindy is going to take the lead. Ah. So she, so she, <laughs> and not me, she is going to interview me which I'm sure is going to just bore the heck out of all the listeners because you had a whole hour with me at the, on uh, Straight Talk. But now she's going to interview me, so she's going to do, be doing a lot of the talking. You can interrupt me like I interrupt people. You just be at ease, Cindy, and you just ask questions that we have in regards to the baptism of the Lord on that feast day. All right. You're on, wow. Cindy Jennings. Go for Father, it. thanks for joining us today. It's good, it's good to be here. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we're talking about the baptism of the Lord, Yes. which was on January 6th. Right? Well, it was yesterday. Was it yesterday or the 6th? No, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Okay. Sorry, everyone. I know it because I'm a priest and I... Well, that was your first test and you passed. Okay, thank you. Um, But let's just start something like just, you know, John the Baptist kind of also questioned why he was baptizing baptizing Jesus. I'm struggling already. Baptizing Jesus. And we kind of all, like, I think I've thought about that too. Like, why... Did Jesus need to be baptized? So I guess, what is the significance of baptizing God? Of baptizing Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and the, and the quote is, you know, I mean, because John protested, right? He said, you know, it's, you know, I should be baptized by you. And Jesus says, let it be so that uh, proper for us to fulfill the ways of righteousness or all righteousness. And basically, you know, I mean, Jesus came to identify with sinners, right? I mean, John the Baptist was baptizing very, very different than the way we see baptism. So ours is a Christian baptism. His was not. His was a baptism of repentance. And so basically he was calling all the people in the area, and the gospel say that all the countryside were coming to see John the Baptist and getting baptized because of their sins. So it was a baptism of repentance. And so Jesus getting baptized, in essence, pre-shadows the whole point of Jesus coming in the first place. Jesus was crucified to take on our sinfulness to identify with sinful humanity. And so Jesus went to be baptized in a baptism of repentance, even though he had no sin to repent from, but because he was identifying with us. In the same way he was crucified for us, he was baptized for us to foreshadow that. And, um, you know, some of the spiritual authors will talk about how he, he, didn't, bap- he didn't get baptized to be made holy. He got baptized to make the waters holy. So I remember eons ago, back you know, maybe 20 years ago or so, I did a whole homily on how, how water, in essence, is a second-class relic of Jesus Christ because he was baptized in the waters to, uh, um, to identify with us. He made the water holy by his being in it. And so uh, he, he did this to, to, to foreshadow our baptism, which is going to be holy because of him, and so that he could identify with us. See, my answers are long that's to good. make it easier for but you. But now that sparked something else. I was okay, no, no, so, that's what I want you to ask. But don't think I'm 
No, you go for it. Okay, because sometimes I ask weird questions that aren't. I know very that, smart. and I will, and I'll okay. point them out as so, being weird. Would you say that the repentance um, baptism could go with Noah's Ark? Would Noah's Ark be considered something like that as well? Since well, Noah's Ark kind of it had to do with water and the whole point of Noah's Ark and is, everything everybody was sinning. The whole point of Noah's Ark is to pre-shadow in our baptism. I mean, even even the prayer of blessing of the water at a baptism is is calling on the story of Noah's Ark. And what about um, even the even in the New Testament it talks about how Noah's the story of Noah's Ark was a foreshadowing of our baptism okay. that oh. through water that we are saved with new life yeah. and cleansed of sin. Yes. So very good. That was an excellent question, Cindy. You Thank should you. have a full time segment. Well, now I'm thinking of. Um, oh, I can't think of it. Oh, it'll pop in my. So I, I used pop. to have I used to have a Noah's Ark toy set when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but it got ruined when we had a, a flood in our basement. Oh, that's so funny. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. But anyhow. <laughs> that would well, I'm be glad, so cute, I'm glad though. you laughed. With the, anyhow, right. I liked it. Thanks. It was a cute joke. Um, okay, so, you know, is there other places in the Bible that can point to that too? Like with the bapti- baptism of water or repentance of water? Is there other areas in the Old Testament that kind of point to that? Well, you know, I mean, uh, I suspect that there are, but the thing that comes to my mind immediately upon your saying this is what the Jews would do as a practice was something called the mikvah. Oh. So the mikvah was kind of like a, a baptism of sorts. So if you were to go into the temple, or even in some cases a synagogue back in the day, mm-hmm. if you were to go to the temple to offer a sacrifice, you'd first have to go through a ritual cleansing, which was a mikvah bath. Yeah. And so this idea of a form of baptism uh, is seen in other, even the, Judea, the Judaism, as a foreshadowing of, uh, I'm sure John the Baptist got the whole idea of dipping in the water because of the mikvah experience oh, that he would have experienced yeah. himself. And so even today, if you go to Israel, you can see you know, the um, remnants from archaeological digs of mikvah baths, especially right around where the Temple Mount area was, because people had to go through the mikvah in order to even get into the Temple Mount to offer sacrifice. That's so great. What about Moses, like being in the basket in the water? Would that be something? Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't. Because everybody else he, got I don't, wiped out. Yeah, but no, he, no, they that. didn't get what. Well, well anyhow, the firstborn. So, okay, so yeah, but I, I've never. I guess I mean I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of the whole Moses being drawn out of the water as a foreshadowing of baptism, or that it's mentioned as such anywhere in the scriptures. Maybe. Yeah, just wondering. That's no. What's your next learn? question? I can't wait to hear your next question. Here. I know, right? So I guess. This kind of brings me to Matthew 3.15. Oh boy, I don't have my Bible in front of me. I know. I'll read it to you. All right. So what does Jesus mean when he says, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in the way to fulfill all righteousness. I already quoted well, that. I know. Oh, you did? Yeah. I missed that. I kind of answered that. You did? Well, yeah. re- go just, ahead and answer. Say it again? No. But it's you just, can say, okay, let's go to another He was part. doing it because that's the way it should be done. You know, this is the way God... He's got the beatific vision. He's got the mind of God. So he is doing it as he knows that God sees fit. So he's um, doing it to identify with us. That's what goes back to that whole idea of his identifying with the sinners. Okay, so how do, you, how do we celebrate the baptism of Jesus? Well, it's the last day of the Christmas season, and uh, we had it yesterday. This year, Christmas was a little weird, and any priest knows this. And it was kind of tough because Christmas fell on a... On a Monday, it's the worst day of the week for priests because then Christmas Eve is on Sunday and you have Sunday Mass and so uh, and then Christmas Eve Mass. So it was a rough day. Let's just say Christmas was a rough well, rough one this year for priests. And so because of that, because it fell on a Monday, the baptism 
fell on a Monday, and it actually truncated the bat, the the whole Christmas season just because of the, how it falls on what day of the week. And so, yeah, liturgically, we have a, um, a celebration of the baptism of our Lord. A lot of people say, well, why do we have the baptism of our Lord as part of the Christmas season? Because he's probably baptized when he's around 30. You know, at least the whole, it seems weird that the whole right John there. the Baptist thing happened when he's around yeah. 30 years old. So why is that connected with Christmas? But, you know, in the way, in the same way that Christmas commences the biological life of Jesus, the Son of God on earth, so too the baptism is really viewed as the beginning and the commencement of his public life. So everything before the baptism, except for his very birth and then the finding of the child Jesus in the temple, everything before the baptism is shrouded in history and secrecy. We don't, not secrecy is not the right word, in mystery. We don't know anything about the life of Jesus until he's baptized. And so that commences his ministry in the same way that, so that's why we, we connect the baptism of our Lord liturgically to the Christmas season because it commences his ministry. That's so great. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm so why to, would you? So right now you have to come up with a question that's going to last me <laughs> to give an answer. Well, we got a couple minutes for, we got a couple minutes before well, the break. I don't know. What well, would I guess be... we can do a break uh, in a minute. In a minute? Well, yeah. this might be carried over, but so... Why is there churches that do different baptisms at different times? Well, so that's not liturgically. That's like, you know, like at what age do people age. get baptized yeah. type of thing? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I could talk about that for a long time. But so, but as Catholics, we do baptism as early as possible because we recognize how baptism is so uh, important to our salvation. And so the the idea of um, uh, not being baptized, you know, I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, Jesus says, go out and baptize all nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see that as a necessary part of God's grace. And so we don't want to deprive children of God's grace. And so they're actually literally baptized into the faith of their parents because they don't have faith of their own. They're too young, right? But don't you think there's a, like, you know, since Jesus wasn't baptized until he was... But that's a different kind of baptism. Okay. So our, oh, that's the repentance baptism. Yep. Okay. That's John I the Baptist gotcha. baptism. is very, very different very than different. the baptism that okay. we experience. Yeah, and so I already kind of talked that over a little bit. Why don't we go to a... Why don't you bring well, yeah, us, into, you know, Cindy, bring us into a break? You're in charge right now. Yes, we're here talking with Father Rich about um, the baptism of Jesus. And so we are going to actually come back in just a little bit after this short break, and we're going to talk some more about this topic. Good job, Cindy. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic with Bible Study. St. John Paul II called for a new evangelization, an act of love meant to reintroduce all the faithful to the love of Jesus Christ. This act of love has never been more urgent. In his work, The Judgment of Nations, historian Richard Dawson notes, The hope of the world rests in the last resort on the existence of a spiritual nucleus of believers who are bearers of the seed of unity. 
If we have faith in the power of the Spirit, we must believe that even these evils can be conquered. For the powers of the world are blind powers which are working in the dark. They are powerless against that Spirit who is the Lord and giver of life, and against those higher powers of spiritual understanding and love, which are the essential gifts of the Holy Spirit. The battle for the world is first and foremost spiritual. Are you ready for battle today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Let us run to Mary and as her little children cast ourselves into our arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hello, everybody. We are on the shores of Lake Superior in Duluth, Minnesota, at the St. James uh, School. And I'm here with Father Rich, and he is our guest today, talking about the baptism of our Lord. And um, I just want to maybe get into... Maybe the your experience of performing a baptism as a priest. What's that like? Well, I mean, you know, it's you know, I mean, it's great. You know, baptizing is you know, any of the sacraments are great, and but the sacraments of baptism is it's one of those sacraments where it's like you know, I'd say baptism and marriage are probably the two that people are most happy with and joy filled. You know, and so parents are, especially if the parents are like really faithful. You know, some people just think that, unfortunately, and it's our problem of lack of catechesis, some people just think it's this meaningless little ritual that you do when your kid gets born. That's not a faith way of looking at it. So the the, the joy-filled way of being a, a the priest that does the baptizing is it's when the couple really is taking this super seriously, and this is an important part of their faith, then there's a real serious joy that comes with that because they know how important it is as parents. And so it's it's great, you know, I mean, you knowing that, that pouring on the water in that Trinitarian form, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that the God's grace rushes onto that child. And I always tell people that the invisible is always more important than the visible. Just because you can't see the effects of that doesn't mean that it's not affecting it in the most profound way that we can even imagine. So, um, uh, you know, I mean, the... Uh, one of the early church fathers, who I can't remember, but I quote regularly at baptisms, is that if we were to, if we were able to see the soul of a newly baptized person, we'd be tempted to fall down and worship, because so closely does it assemble God, resemble God, and so that's uh, it's a great thing to be able to be the priest that does the baptizing. That is, and and what are what's the importance of picking out the good godparents? Like, there's yeah, that's actually a very good question. Cindy. I'm surprised. Was that one? Was that one of the? Was that one of the cheat sheet of questions? Not. Oh, that's an I've excellent got question. Me doing so here, this. so here's the deal. It's like this is where. So I write an art. I write a column for the diocesan newspaper, our Northern Cross, and eons ago I did a a column on how to pick godparents. All right. So number one, we are guided by the church on certain requirements. Like they have to be Catholic, they have to be confirmed, they should be practicing, and so. In my own family, I'm brought up in a you know a Jewish slash Catholic household, and you know faith was important, but it wasn't like we weren't like 
I don't think we were totally into the spirit of faith and Catholicism growing up. And so you'd pick a godparent based on, well, who hasn't had one? You know, and, and, and it's like, who in the family needs to get a Christmas gift for this person? And we have to spread this out a little bit. That is the most bass-ackwards way to pick a godparent. You know, I mean, it's like, you pick a... if so I Okay, so I'm going to sound super super arrogant. I don't mean to sound arrogant. But, but if, if, I, if I had the brain that I have now, and if, if I could put, get into all my nieces and nephews, number one, I'd have them get baptized, their kids baptized. Not all of them have had that. But um, I would say, well, which of my relatives are most into the faith that would be best suited to help me bring up this child in the faith? The first one would be Father Rich or Uncle Rich, you know, because right. like, I'm the one that's in, yeah. engaged. But it's like, that's not the way my family even thinks, you know? So it's like <laughs> the whole point of a godparent is that you assist the biological parents in bringing this child up in the practice of the faith. That's a duty. That's a responsibility, one that we should take seriously. So choosing a, a godparent I, I don't ever choose anybody that don't go to Mass. Even if they're Catholic and they're confirmed, if they don't go to Mass, it's stupid to actually ask them to be a godparent. Because how can you ask them to be a godparent and bring up your kid in the practice of the faith if they themselves don't practice? It's ridiculous. I've had situations in my own family to where it's like, you know, I've had to tell nieces and nephews that are baptizing their kid, well, you can't choose this aunt or uncle for a godparent. You can't because they don't go to church. So I'm not letting you do it. And as as the uncle priest, I can do that. You know, I can get away with that right. uh, because it's a charade. It becomes a charade. Godparents, the role of a godparent is super significant, even if we don't see it play out on a daily basis in the life of a child, in the ritual and the promise that they make is super significant. So choose your godparents wisely. Make sure that they take their faith seriously. Otherwise, it's a charade. And I've got strong feelings about that. You know, I... I did not do that. Well, I mean, I did because it's like I'm surrounded by so many wonderful Catholic faithful people in my family. So I guess I just kind of went down the line. Okay, who's the next uncle? I mean, I did kind of do it that way. Um, but, but if everybody, they were, they if were everybody's all very faithful, if everybody's practicing Catholics, that's fine. But if they're right. not all practicing Catholics, that's not fine. But I got to tell you, and this changes the conversation a little bit over to um, confirmation. Mm-hmm. I am super critical right now more so of who he's going to pick as a sponsor because i know that my family's great i know that his godparents are great but who's going to be here who's going to be closer to him and who's going to help him because i think that that this time frame is so crucial mm-hmm. because this is the time they get their free will and who's going to be there to help them but it's a point of com- communication so just because somebody's not close to you geographically doesn't mean that they can't be close to them in some other form of communication so if you have a if he's going to have a uh, a sponsor for his confirmation that lives in florida just say for the heck of florida <laughs> but they communicate all the time with one another then that's fine you don't you don't have to be geographically close but you have to have a communication but it's the same concept the the godparent thing in fact we generally i, I mean i encourage people at if your if your godparent is still around to be your sponsor, that's a pretty good thing. You know, that's a, right. a continuity there, and so it doesn't have to be. But I always encourage that if they're a good one. Well, and I'm kind of this year I started to who am I sponsoring? What have I done for them? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of going back to that, yeah. which is a little out of baptism, I, I but mean, you know. No, but it, it is connected because they're both mm-hmm. you know sacraments of initiation, and so you know I, I mean I've had you know I've I've been a, a sponsor for somebody who's quit practicing their faith and i've had their mom say okay father rich okay this is your sponsor what are you gonna do what are you gonna say you know so it's like you have to walk with that gingerly you know and not be i mean all that's very it's a delicate conversation 
But anyhow, do you have another baptism question? Yeah. Do you remember your first baptism I that do. you did? You know, you know. Okay, so I mean, Cindy, you, you you'll be familiar with this person. But my very first baptism was as ordained a deacon. So I wasn't a priest; I was a deacon. My very first baptism was Deacon Lyle, my no my deacon's kid. That was my my, my my very first baptism. It was in 1997. Aww. And so I think it's his second child. And so uh, that was my very first baptism. Did you mess it up? I don't think so. Oh, if, I mess it up, if I mess it up, then it's not valid. Because oh. you, ha- you have, have to have... I mean, you can mess Ooh. up some things, but the actual baptism, can it has to be the exact precise words. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, probably. Has there been a time where there, someone wasn't yes, baptized yes, correctly yes, and had uh, to be yes, redone? Yes, even for priests and stuff. Have you had one? No. What, have I had what? Had to redo a baptism. Hope not. Okay, I don't know. Mm. Just asking. Wow. Dirt, I feel like dirty I know laundry, everything about even, you. Airing but... dirty laundry is not even there. <laughs> well, while we yes, have some time, we're going to listen to your confession oh, okay. on air. Just All kidding. Right. All right. Um, Ask me another baptism question. Um, well, is there anything that you would like to talk about that I haven't asked you that maybe I skipped over that you were passionate about with so, the baptism? So that's what I ask during the break time, not when we're on the air. <laughs> so that's what I ask guests on the break time. So, you, so you, now you just like. Okay, let me ask you. Okay, that. Is yeah. there? What are your final thoughts in all this? Like what? <laughs> My final you, thoughts on baptism, no. like the baptism of our Lord, or well, where would you like to go? I mean. Where am I not? Well, you can see my book on Sophia Press. You can order that at... I'm right. just kidding. So I don't have a book. So um, uh, He's going to write one next year. No, I'm not. So the... Yeah, I mean, baptism is important. I, I, I Obviously, you know, I mean, uh, I, if you're not getting your kid baptized, you're making a big mistake. And there's probably a lot of people out there that are listening that know people that aren't doing that. But yeah. probably not an actual <laughs> lot of listeners that are, that are doing that. And so uh, baptism is essential and... Uh, People are always concerned about their physical health of their kids and their emotional health of their kids, but uh, tend not to think of the spiritual health. And if you if you if you do not get your kid baptized, if you're like a Catholic or just a Christian, you're not you refuse to get your kid baptized. That is that's that's abuse. It's spiritual abuse. It is abuse. It is no less abuse. Than physical abuse. But why would but somebody not abuse. get their kid? Why because would lot, somebody because, do it? Because there's a lot of people like I think in my own family. It's like I've got tons of nieces and nephews. It's like, well, yeah, I was brought up Catholic, but it doesn't really mean anything to me. And and because it didn't mean a lot to me, I'm not going to bring my family up. And that what they're doing, they they have no idea how blind they are to the significance of what baptism is and how much they are they are literally abusing their kids spiritually. It's a spiritual abuse. It's even worse than that. It's spiritual neglect, which is worse than abuse. You have to get your kids baptized. It's it is it's so essential. You know the thing is that kids will die. You know I'm going to put I'm working on a billboard. I know we're getting towards the end of time. I've got a billboard that I've got in my mind that I'm actually going to pay for. Going to get it paid for. I'm going to have it in Duluth, where it says something like 0.02 percent of your kids will become professional athletes. But 100% of your kids will face Jesus someday. Yes, I love that quote. That's going to get... I love it. I'm going to get that. up there. That's going to be a billboard. I'll help you pay for it. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Aaron, are you there? Yes, I am. Wait, Aaron? I didn't ask for Aaron yet. Yes. Oh, that's right. Go- you are in charge. <laughs> Sorry, I was I'm listening to the guest, not the host. I'm just kidding. All right. So go ahead. Aaron, you can take it from here. Okay. On the next Real Presence <laughs> Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, your host will be Melissa Scasio in the first hour and Father Randall Kazel in the second hour. Both will be coming to you from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. We'll be covering the Brouhaha event going on at St. James, and we will also be hearing from a variety of guests, including Brandon, Brandon Hendrickson, an agnostic who will discuss what attracts him to the Catholic faith. 
And we may be having another Straight Talk segment at the end of that show as well, so get your questions ready yet again. All this and more is coming to you in the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Aaron, Aaron, that sounds kind of interesting, especially that whole agnostic thing. Good. You should listen yeah, to the next do, show. Yeah. Do you, but do you think that that sounds better than our show? Well, that's, well, that's what so Cindy's asking you that question, Aaron. Well, I take part I'm in booking all of the shows, so I think they're all great, and you should listen to all of them. Every Tuesday and Thursday. But what did you think about today's show? Yeah, what was, was your it, favorite well, it part? Well, it might be one of my favorite shows we've ever had. Might oh, really? Be. Yes, it was pretty I good. I do I like it. I think you're full of it. Oh, well, I mean, hey, because don't, I felt don't like you was start with a Let him answer. He oh, wants so, to tell so, us. Go ahead, Aaron. All right, go ahead, Aaron. Oh, so, Father Quince is already starting up today. He's, he's not on for two months, leaves us out in the cold, and then he starts. All right, I see how it is. But I really liked the, this ending segment here. I thought it was very good. I love that we had so much engagement with all of the wonderful listeners. Thank you for the questions. Appreciate yes. all of those. And yes, keep calling in with us. Our phone does, in fact, work. So we'll be making sure that we get everyone on the line when they do call in. So appreciate you. And, yeah, I think it was just a wonderful overall show. So, again, just thank you to both. And, Cindy, thanks for stepping up to interview Father Kunst. I know he can be a little bit turbulent, but he's always, he's always great. We love having him he on. He is great. Aaron, that's like kissing your sister. It's like I, we, that's she so asked weird. you, what was your best part of the show? And it's like you just, oh, all of it. All of it was great. That is the it's weirdest like, analogy I think I've ever heard for something that doesn't relate at all. He uses that a lot. That's very strange, Father. No, I think it's a perfect ad, 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 adept uh, analogy. It's like, well, that's kind of bland. What's your favorite part of the show? Well, I love the whole thing. <laughs> I think it's that's a safe so, answer. Hey, I helped book the whole show again. I think it all was very good because I did take part in it, and it was very good. And again, yes. thank you both for hosting. We always appreciate you. All right, Aaron. You and I'm not here next month, so what? you will. Oh, that's right. I have, that, I have to get a new co-host. That yeah. My new my, my fill-in co-host. I hope she's, yes, I hope hope she's ready. She, yeah. I, I think she's going right to be. Now. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm a little nervous. She's going to do really well. I'm a little nervous. We might have her actually lead on some interviews. I don't know if you should do that at the beginning. Well, okay. <laughs> well, know? well. hopefully she'll be available. So Let Cindy, her get comfortable first. Yes. Okay. So well, let's see if she's available. But anyhow, so this has been good. It's been a good show. I'm glad that you interviewed me. And thank you for going light on me. I was light so on rough. you. I was light on you. You're a little sick and under the weather. But if I get sick because of you and because of Real Presence Radio Live, I'll be upset because no, you're not you that far from me right now. Well, we could have put our masks on. No. No masks. I am a non-mask guy. Okay, so no masks. Okay, so yeah. Okay, so um, uh, maybe we should do just a closing prayer because I think we're at about that point. All right, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of Real Presence Radio. Thank you for the gift of our listeners, and thank you for the gift of our faith. And may Almighty God bless all listeners in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll talk to you guys again next month for the Duluth edition of Real Presence Live. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.